Hey, you're listening to the Common Ground Football Podcast. This is episode number five. Let's roll. Welcome to the Common Ground Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian McLaughlin and Andrew Guzman. Welcome to the Common Ground Football Podcast. I'm Brian McLaughlin. I'm Andrew Guzman. Episode number five. We made it through the divisional round of the playoffs. Still no Seahawks, no Cowboys. Yeah, they didn't. We Our hope that they were in a bye week. It didn't come true. That was definitely just a dream. But we made it through it. Okay, we're Nelly. Oh. <laughs> we're, uh, we're into the almost championship weekend will be this next weekend. That's a big deal. Four teams left. Final four. I like some of them. Uh, like some of them as uh, well. Some of them as well. I know there's one in there that you can't stand, and we'll get to picks later, but... I'm sure you'll be moving on. Yeah. All right. So uh, episode number five, uh, we're going to go through the playoff games that we just happened this weekend. It was a great weekend of football, I thought, especially yesterday. Yesterday was awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. We're skipping over the NFL news because really, and honestly, nothing has happened since we uh, last did it, except for some stuff that's more localized to our own teams. Uh, but we will go through the Cowboys news story of the week, Seahawks news story of the week. We're going to do part one of our, our teams versus the offseason. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And then, we'll, of course, we'll preview championship weekend. And, uh, and then we got a little special thing we're going to do towards the end. We're going we're gonna to get deep. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, but first off. Some exciting news. Some exciting news. We're going to get to it here in a second because we're going to make people wait. Ooh, because that's fun. <laughs> Dramatic pause. We're going to remind everybody all the different platforms you can listen on. We have many now. There's not just the website. We've got multiple options. We've talked about Stitcher for the last couple weeks. You can still use them, and they're basically our what we would say our go-to for Android devices. Yep. I don't know what those devices do or how they work, you know, because iPhones are my thing. Apple, if you want plug, to sponsor. Um, hey, is Richard still here? Yes, Richard is here. He was able to put up with our BS, and he was like, yeah, no, you guys are cool. So Richard I, is back, everyone. I like Richard. We'll see if he can make it one more week. He, I, brought, he even brought me coffee this yeah. week. I'm just... Was it the Espresso Blonde? It was. Starbucks. Awesome. Starbucks, if you want to be a sponsor. Just saying. Um, okay, so tune in. We're now available on TuneIn. Same thing. It's an app on your phone. Everyone knows TuneIn, or hopefully they do. Cool thing about TuneIn is you can also get it uh, on your Echo device. Or Alexa. Otherwise known as Alexa. Google Home devices via Google Play. We're on Google Play. You can also use Google Play on Androids. So, And then the big news. What is it? Something to do with Apple. Oh, yeah. iTunes. Oh, that thing. I think it's called Apple Podcasts now. I think they they want you to get away from that iTunes thing. Apple Podcasts? Which is weird because when you go to look them up, you, you go to iTunes. Well, technically, I guess iTunes is a program in and of itself. So, oh, Did you hear that sound? Yeah. Speaking of <laughs> iTunes. Speaking of iTunes. Is that an email from iTunes? Is that breaking news right on the show? (laughs) I don't think it was. But no, exciting. We are finally submitting to iTunes. We should be live. In a couple days, hopefully. And we will certainly announce to the world when it's ready to go. And then we'll be pushing you like crazy to go download and listen and subscribe via Apple Podcasts. That'll be your main channel. So really quick recap. Stitcher. You got Google Play. Tune in. Yep, that works on Google Home devices. On the Alexa app, or the Alexa, 
on the Echo device. We, we ran into some trouble trying to figure out how to make it work because our podcast is too new. But Andrew figured out a sneaky little way to make it work really, really easily. So pull up the Alexa app on your phone, enable the Stitcher skill, and then all you got to say is, Alexa, ask Stitcher to play Common Ground Football Podcast, and voila, we are live. I was waiting to see if my Alexa in the background would actually pick that up and do it, but she's mean. So there's all sorts of cool, unique ways. No matter which way you listen, even if you're so old-fashioned, you have to go use the website. You don't want to use any of that fancy stuff. You want to go to commongroundfootballpodcast.com and do it that way. I don't care. Do when it did that a way. website become old-fashioned? It's I, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that used to be the cool thing, and now it's like, you guys have a website? That's Gross. weird. Why do you even use that? You can still go there. You can still listen to it there. But no matter what platform you use, we ask that you please subscribe, download them, leave reviews. We would love some reviews. Yeah. Even, even if they're negative, we might look at, look at them, listen to them, and make changes. But probably not. Uh, right? Correct. Correct. All right. So um, we got our beer of the week. What are we drinking? Looks like we have Red Chair NWPA from Deschutes. Ah, they're in Oregon, aren't they? I believe so. Nice. But it is delicious. Thank you. This is quite tasty. If they want to be a sponsor, you know, they can hit us up as well. So um, I think that's all for the open this thing up. You ready to talk about this weekend in football? Unfortunately, but yep. It's okay, man. There's always next year. Let's, uh, let's recap the weekend. All right, first off, I have to commend Richard. Richard got us some new lighting here in the studio. They're very fancy and bright. Super bright. But uh, we looked a little yellow in our Facebook Live video last week. and uh, so Now we look white. Now we look white as can be. Your f- top of your head's a little shiny. Yeah, a little yeah, shiny. That's nice. Fancy. It's glistening off my beard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into playoff weekend. It was divisional weekend. I, uh, I watched a lot of it. Sounds like you watched a lot of it. Saturday was eh. Sunday was awesome. Yes. Yeah, so let's start off with the first game on Saturday. Uh, Atlanta Falcons went up to Philadelphia. Filthy played the played the Eagles, and what a poop fest! Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Absolute I, poop fest. I will say though, Nick Foles did play a lot better than I originally thought yes. he was going to, and a lot of people had the same reaction. Like, okay, he's actually playing pretty decent. But what happened to Atlanta's offense? Atlanta just they where? Yeah, I I, I no idea. I was shocked, expected that to be a much, I wouldn't say higher scoring, but I definitely wanted to see Atlanta do something, and they didn't do anything. Nope. So I'm not sure if Sark's going to keep that job or not. It was pretty funny that uh, the Seahawks wanted, you know, there was rumor out there like, oh, Sark, become offensive coordinator. And Steve then, Sarkeesian, for those of yeah, you Yeah, for know. those that don't know. Sorry, that's a local thing. Um, and then as soon as that game was over, Twitter was like, never mind. <laughs> um, we're good we're good we'll pass we don't need any of that um yeah no, no dude. 15 to 10 philly takes the win they move on to the nfc championship game for me obviously as a cowboys fan i i don't like that i at know all. it hurts you buddy i know it's I, i'm he's trembling right no, now folks. I'm, I'm i hate it and so i can much. totally see it with our new lights <laughs> super trembling but yeah. i think no i they they will they will have a good game against minnesota and we'll get into that but no, Philly, they Philly's, made plays when they needed to, and that was that. Philly's defense stepped up. I mean, Atlanta didn't help themselves. Their offense was terrible, but uh, Philly's defense, that goal line stand yep. towards the end, hold them there. Yep. 
Um, and the field goals, I mean, Philadelphia's offense wasn't anything to write home about either. They were all field goals mostly, and that's a one up for them. So it was not at all what I expected. I was hoping for a uh, much more entertaining game and especially knowing what was coming next, which was Tennessee at new England. And although I picked Tennessee and yeah. Hey, uh, Hey Richard, well, you got, it wasn't you, very good. Richard, you got the, you got the sound for that one. You want a job next week? Yeah, get the sound. <laughs> you do this podcast with a crazy person, and I'm going to take Tennessee. You're taking Tennessee? Oh, Tennessee's got – they have a decent defense. They have a stout running game. They have a, a very good quarterback. Obviously not as good as Tom Brady. Will he throw himself another touchdown? No. You don't think so? No. You don't think that's going to be snuck into the playbook? No. <laughs> but I'll take, I'll take Tennessee. Yeah. So as you can hear, we do have a crazy person working for us, <laughs> and, and he picked Tennessee – I thought they were going to put up a better game than that, but that just goes to show. And as we talked about last week, you know, with maybe a little rift going on between the big three and New England, they they seem fine. Yeah, I believe. Well, the camera was on Brady the whole time, and every time he went to the sideline, it was on him and McDaniel the whole time. Mm-hmm. But they were smiling and laughing, probably fake, you know, because they're trying to put on a show. So and they did put on a show though. They did. Not a shocking result. Thirty-five, fourteen. Um. Seven straight AFC championship appearances. It's insane. I, I hate the Patriots, but you have to, like we talked about before, like I don't like Tom Brady either, but you have to respect him. You have to respect what the team has done. Belichick, it, it's in, it's unbelievable what they've done. Well, and who, I mean, who knows the next time we're going to see this kind of domination? Just it, it's always New England's in the playoffs and everyone else. Yeah. As and, far as the AFC goes. Titans came out. They got a seven nothing lead right away. I'm like, okay, well, maybe this will be a, a game, and then 35 straight points <laughs> by New England. And we went out to dinner <laughs> and uh, just kept getting updates. And I was at a hockey game and just kept looking at the score, going, "Ugh, Titans kind of disappeared." Brady made. I mean, he made some throws that were just it really. It's really frustrating watching how that offense works because it's just humming and. Brady just looks so comfortable and so calm and just, oh, here you go, Amandola. Oh, here you go, Edelman. Oh, just here you go, Gronk. Kind of Oprah it's Winfrey. Just, just, he's just you so – that offense just is so smooth and it's it's sickening. It's disgusting is what it is. Brady threw for three touchdowns. Tenth career postseason game where he's had three or more touchdowns. And that moves him past Joe Montana for the most in NFL history. There's a nugget. Well, he's also he also moved into second place, I believe, as far as touchdowns thrown. Um, oh, I think it was overall. Manning is on top, and I think, I think so. he moved into second, and, and Favre is now third. I think so. I don't know the exact numbers, but I did. He's going to hold so many records when he's done anyway. So, and Mariota, you have to give him credit; he wasn't terrible. He he was twenty two of thirty seven, two hundred fifty four yards, two touchdowns. But New England got back there and sacked him eight times. Yep, and that that was the difference. So I am I am interested to see and we'll get into it a little bit later but I am interested to see how New England looks once you know McDaniel's is gone, Patricia's gone. Yeah, they're losing all that business. Let's, I think let's see what happens. <laughs> just we're going to we'll sidetrack a second. In the job interviews, if they walk in, is it do you work for New England and they go yes and they go you're hired? <laughs> do you work under Bill Belichick? Yes, I do. Okay, you're hired. You're is hired. there is there any actual interview that takes place? Because it seems like this will be McDaniel's second 
head coaching game. Yeah, and it didn't go well the first time. So, and speaking of coaches, uh, Malarkey, they agreed to part ways today. So the Titans are now looking for a head coach. I think McDaniel's is once, fit for Indianapolis. One sec, yeah, I think so too. And then Tennessee, we'll see. Well, Tennessee, one second right after the game, they were like, "Oh, we're going to offer an extension." And then a couple hours later, it was we've mutually agreed to part ways. Yeah, just kidding. Just kidding. No extension for you. So that was Saturday. It was okay. Sunday, on the other hand, was so awesome when it comes to football. In so many reasons. In so many reasons why. The first game, Jacksonville at Pittsburgh. Okay, well, before you oh, say anything, let me, let me just tell you. He's, he, here he goes. Okay, Ben Roethlisberger throws for what, five touchdowns, and they put up 42 points. Antonio Brown went off and has two scores. Le'Veon Bell's got a score. If I was to tell you that, do you think Pittsburgh, do you think they won? Well, and you have to add on to that. Tell me that he did all that and the opposing quarterback was Blake freaking Bortles. And threw for one touchdown. And you think, well, you don't have to, you don't have to use stats. You just have to say <laughs> all of that. And then he's playing against Blake Bortles. And I probably would have been like, oh, well. Steamroll at Heinz So field. was it like what, 42 to 3? No. Jacksonville. 45-42 and it wasn't that close. This This probably was, we just went from a game that was not shocking at all results wise except for the guy that picked tennessee weirdo <laughs> to the <Boo> game hiss. <laughs> to the game that i would probably call uh my most shocking of the weekend because i this blake bortles i did not expect i expected jacksonville defense to do better than they did i could not believe that they that defense gave up 42 points to big ben and the pittsburgh offense but you're going to tell me that Jacksonville is going to go in there and score 45 points. <laughs> I just, I, I couldn't believe it in what was happening. And, and it wasn't, they started off right away. They just, all of a sudden it was 21 to nothing. Yep. And, and then, you know, Pittsburgh made it a game and came back. And like you said, big Ben, he threw for five touchdowns. Yeah. Last, last time he played Jacksonville, he threw five picks this time. He threw five touchdowns and they still lost. Bortles was 14 to 26, 214 yards, one touchdown. Now, in my big bowl giant prediction in the last podcast, I said that Bortles would throw four touchdowns. He did not. But <laughs> but the offense scored five touchdowns. Does that count? No. Okay. I tried. But yours didn't work either. Jacksonville okay. moves on to the AFC championship game for the first time since ninety nine. Yeah. Ninety nine. No, I'm I am happy for Jacksonville. I am too. I was thoroughly. Finally, impressed. let's get somebody else who's young scary have a great defense let's get someone else up there in the afc we're, like we said earlier we're t- a little bit tired of new england just taking everyone's fun they're like the big bully that just takes everyone's candy I, <laughs> the ones that run around the neighborhood and steal the pillowcases full yeah. of candy yeah. on halloween yeah. yeah we don't like those guys i got some ice cream. Uh, <laughs> um also in this game which actually could very well have cost the steelers the game the dumbest coaching decision of the weekend. That award goes to Mike Tomlin. You think kicking the onside kick was the dumbest coaching decision yeah. of the weekend? Why on earth would you not kick it deep and make them score some points the whole length of the field? Or you know, probably would have been into the end zone, start at the twenty-five. Why the onside kick? And you decided to do the onside kick, and that was the worst executed onside <laughs> kick. <laughs> ever i think it went four yards hit the guy it was really bad but but look at it this way what if didn't they go for it on fourth down like early in the game yes and 
that you know they obviously didn't get that and then didn't um didn't they miss a field goal earlier yes. as well so i don't know i i did like it because you're just you're trying to <sighs> win but obviously in the end it looks the worst you're nuts there's no way that was a good decision I, but but okay, if he would have executed that properly and they would have got it back, everyone been been hailing Mike Tomlin like, oh, he's the greatest ever. If he goes for two point conversions, he gets onside kicks. But if Ricardo Lockett would have caught the ball <laughs> from the one yard line in Super Bowl forty nine, Bevel and Carroll would have been hailed as the most uh, incredible decision ever to take that risk. And look, it worked. That's unbelievable. Why would you hand him Marshawn? You could do that. Come on. It's the dumbest mistake of the weekend. <laughs> they just, there was no reason for him to do it. And you know what? It's weird. Does he keep his job? Yeah, Tomlin's not going anywhere. Is it just because Pittsburgh is super loyal to their coaches? Or because it's not the first time he's made some weird decisions. No, he's, yeah, he's definitely been criticized of decisions and game management before. But I, no, I think Pittsburgh sticks with him at least, you know, at least for another year. I don't think he's quite on the hot Does seat. Does he yet. ever blink? Hambone. <laughs> Splash. So let's um <laughs> he said that once in a press conference. It's magical. Um uh, well just in case our listeners didn't know. <laughs> I don't think we probably have very many Steeler fans out there. Do we? If you are, tweet us. Yes, tweet at us on the Twitter box. All right, so then that game was over and we move on to what I thought was the most entertaining game of the whole weekend. Definitely one of the best games of the year overall. Overall. Yeah. New Orleans went to Minnesota, site of the Super Bowl skull this season. And it's a weird game because you've got Drew Brees, who has all the experience. He's just damn good when it counts most of the time. Mm-hmm. Going up against Case Keenum, who... Journeyman. Yeah. And he wasn't even the starter for Minnesota when the season started i mean neither was nick Foles for the eagles but it was an interesting dynamic because even when keenum took over in minnesota they just kept rolling yep so one of the better stories in the nfl this year absolutely keenum just out of nowhere taking that team to the number two seed yes and number two or three seed but i mean minnesota has just been rolling and that defense is great that's mike zimmer two seed you know mike zimmer former um Cowboys DC who took Terrence Williams or Terrence Newman with him. Sorry. Um, that defense is just awesome. That that's probably the fastest defense. Jacksonville is, is really good, but I think Minnesota's defense is a lot faster and they were all over the field and definitely one of the best games I've seen best endings at least. Well, and we'll get to the ending because the ending is what made this game an all timer for sure. Minnesota actually led 17 to nothing at the half. So their defense was stepping up. And at that point, you're thinking, okay, well, Drew Brees can do it. That 17 nothing is no big deal to him. And sure enough, he came out and had an awesome second half. He threw what? He threw two touchdowns to Michael Thomas in three minutes and nine seconds. That's insane. And all of a sudden, you get towards the end of the game, and they're just trading the lead. And I, I had no rooting interest, so I didn't care who won. I picked New Orleans because I like their story too. I kind of want Drew Brees to get one more before he's done. 
he's about to be 39, 40, right? 39. Like, yeah. yeah. And so I'd love to see him get one more, but all of a sudden you get down in there and, and New Orleans takes the lead and they leave what 25 seconds. Mm-hmm. That's all 20, that was left. 20, 24, 23. Yeah. And I'm going, Oh, <laughs> this could be this, an exciting this, finish or this, could or just well, be I'm, just typical thinking, Minnesota. I'm just thinking this, this could end ugly. And then all it will be talked about will be the failures in the playoffs for Minnesota because they'd already shown multiple times and highlights on TV all the you know interceptions yep. the missed field goal by Blair Walsh that guy <laughs> he's that one against Seattle that was just one of those now it's funny because I look at that and I go well no wonder he missed that kick he sucks so then <laughs> so then he, they start going and all of a sudden they get no timeouts left there's only 10 seconds left, and they're not in field goal range yet. No, they still had like another 20, 25 yards oh to get God. in the field goal range. I'm on the edge of my seat, literally. Sweating. Sweating. Getting excited because thinking, okay, well, this is game right here. And all of a sudden, this happens. Hand steps into it. Pass is So 61 yards. 6-1. I cannot believe that he stayed in bounds and ripped down the sideline. And I was just like, holy crap. I, like I was a Viking fan, jumped up, <laughs> screaming, it's okay. yelling. You can pretend to be Marshall Erickson. Get it. Right. Oh, my God. I was so excited. My wife is like in the other room going, oh, my God, what happened? <laughs> I'm just in shock. Uh, Marcus Williams. I feel bad for the guy, but he blew that play. Yeah, he had it, and he's a rookie, and he had a great rookie year. Obviously, everyone's going to remember him for that play, but you know he'll he'll be okay. He had a great rookie year, but Diggs, yeah, just went up, snatched it, and then just booked it down the sideline, and pr- couldn't believe that nobody was by him. You're you're right that I can't believe he stayed in bounds because he came down, and as soon as his hand touched the turf, I'm like, he's not. Oh wait. Oh, there he goes. There he goes. And everyone was just so – and he, he, you're right. He wouldn't even – he's like – he's running, and all of a sudden he's like, wait a minute, I'm about to score. And it just – the whole thing, it was the most exciting ending that I've seen to a Walk game. Walk-off touchdown in the playoffs. And, oh. and and that had actually never happened before. There's never been a no. walk-off touchdown like that, a touchdown win in the playoffs at least. And that's when that was, that was that's what makes you think that this team, this Minnesota Vikings team is destined – for good things because this is the type of thing that happens and and you talk about it not just oh remember that one time this happened this leads to something it was incredible twitter was blowing up my twitter feed was nothing but oh my god what just happened and Mm -hmm. just unbelievable and and they get to move on Mm -hmm. and i feel bad for drew Brees, but the dude played lights out i think everybody was just in shock yeah Brees, he was just standing there like uh did this just happen? Yeah, it's just total disbelief. But you know, good, for, good for Keenum. Good for uh, um, Diggs. Um, I, it was uh, Drew Pearson actually said him. Yeah, um, he was on the radio today and said because Drew Pearson caught the hell mary against Minnesota. Yep, he said this will that play will stay with you for forever. You'll get asked about that play. You'll always remember that one. So it's good for Diggs. And I would encourage anyone listening, please stick around towards the end of this pocket we want you to listen to the whole thing no matter what 
but this game kind of brought up some uh, some feelers, um, some onions. Yeah, we got to talking via text about sports in general. And we're going to talk later about what this type of event and moment does for fans. So um, it it was an incredible game. I, I loved it, and I was still. Not as a Vikings fan. I was on an emotional high mm-hmm. long after that it was, was over. As a football fan, that was just yeah. a great game. Fantastic. Fan-freaking-tastic. But so. Minnesota moves. They will travel to Philly yes. and play the Eagles, which actually is a quick little fun fact. Uh, Keenum and Foles were on the same team well, you know, in L.A. Right. And so it's kind of funny seeing the picture of them two standing together, and now they're going to be playing against each other in the NFC. Here, here's the crazy thing. Your championship quarterbacks are <laughs> Tom Brady, and you're like, figures. Shocking. Duh. <laughs> Nick Foles, Case Keenum, and Blake freaking Bortles. <laughs> Those. <laughs> What's that Twitter account? Those are the oh, Bortles. Oh, yeah. Let's give a shout out. So <laughs> at Bortles. Bortles facts. Check them out. That have you been looking? Oh yeah. Oh my god, so entertaining. Uh, we named this episode Bortles Strikes Back, and uh, we won't get into Star Wars, but it's I'm, I'm I can't help but feel a little fandom for the guy. <laughs> I just can't help it. What did you think, real quick, before we move on to our our own news stories and our and our teams? This has always been weird to me because it's happened a couple times. The Seahawks they score that winning touchdown. They got to kick the extra point. Oh, in Minnesota, New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Everyone just everyone's on the field people are trying to get interviews and it just there's just it's pandemonium a, going on you can't get any and i think it took probably 10 minutes 10 15 minutes of live time before they were able to get everybody off the field and kick this extra point i mean i think for new orleans because they were gone they were in the locker room oh yeah i think uh i think Morstead, their punter ended up coming out and then eventually a few other players came out to they only had at like, least line I, I think up they had eight or nine yeah on line up. i know minnesota was getting ready to just do it without them and I, I i think if it's a i don't under, i don't understand why you have to kick the, the extra point to it's a rule finalize man. the game it's a rule you know what <laughs> he scored while time while the clocks were at zero so and the extra point just end it there yeah it doesn't mean anything it's not like they tied it with the touchdown right. they won it but they'll tell you it's because of uh, just in case just in case but also sort of point differentials but you're like there's no that's what they came out and said today it's point differentials and seating and all that stuff and you're like but there's no seating left to do no and, <laughs> and maybe maybe change it to where you know you can ask like say in that instance you can ask peyton do you want to come out and kick the yeah, you know, do you want div- the team to, yeah do you want them to line up to kick the extra point or just say they whatever. could get technical with it and say if it's if it means the scores within so many points they got to do it if not I, I just but i don't it was stupid who, who knows when something like this is going to happen again though so it happens more often than you think like you just but see like in overtime but in that they don't have to moment. kick it in overtime they don't have to if you score a touchdown yeah, it's to over. end overtime it's over so i thought it was really just it was weird and you're sitting there you're waiting they're reviewing the touchdown first of all and you're like that took forever <laughs> and then and then meanwhile they're interviewing players in the field <laughs> and it's just well I, I loved it when uh triplet came out after you know the review and he's just got a kind of a smile on his face like we're not gonna i doubt anybody's listening to me but he just says you know did call stands touchdown did you i'm out of here did you catch i've watched the play a bunch of times did you catch they have a side uh sideline cam yeah one in the corner right 
He comes down. He runs on a touchdown. Takes his helmet off. Throws his helmet. Did you see the official throw a flag? Yeah. <laughs> well, they never announced a penalty. No. Because you know they were like, well, why are we going to announce a penalty? What are yeah. they, they going to do? 15 yards on, on what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just kind of made me laugh at that. Ref took the time. Oh, that's a flag. <laughs> like, <laughs> really? I, I don't think it is. Uh, great weekend of football. I can't wait for championship weekend. Even though our teams aren't in it, I love playoff football. It's so much fun. Next weekend's going to be great. We'll talk about that later. Let's get into the uh, stories of the week from our teams, the Cowboys and the Seahawks. You ready for that? Yep. Sweet. This beer is delicious. All right. So we are skipping over the biggest NFL stories of the week because there are none. Besides the playoffs. Right. We talked about that. Those were fun. But this is a podcast that not only deals with the NFL, but also deals with the Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks. So we're going to talk about our own teams because that's what we need to be doing. Keep Even, people informed of yes. the teams that we said we talk about. Even though they are not in the playoffs, there's still a lot going on. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to start with the How About Them Cowboys. How About Them Cowboys. And Andrew, what, what, what's going on down there in Dallas? Earlier in the week, we had the Bryce Butler thing, but I I won't give him the time of day. We'll just put that to bed. Ouch. He won't be here next year anyway. He gone. Oh, I'm sorry. Not here. We're in Washington, but he won't be in Dallas. He'll go back to Oakland. Yeah. He's Anyways, uh, some coaching moves. Actually, today we had um, the official Frank Pollock out as offensive line coach. He's He's been there since uh, Callahan left. Callahan kind of was the one who originally – brought travis frederick and zach martin together and then that's when they had the big year in 2014 and then he left for washington and then you know the offensive line's kind of been on a downhill i know everyone kind of looks up to dallas's offensive line but that doesn't make sense to me because i think their offensive line is pass protection is a problem yeah but also they just haven't and part of it's just been the continuity i mean one year you had ronald leary he left for denver next year you had um or this year you had Cooper, Jonathan Cooper, try to fill in. You know, he did okay. Still have some questions at left guard. But Frank Pollock out. Uh, they hired – actually, they swapped with Cincinnati. Cincinnati hired Frank Pollock, and, and Dallas hired uh, Paul Alexander. How do you feel about that? Mixed feelings just a little bit, only because – well, like, so since 03, and he's been there since 94 – He's been there a long time. I mean, since 03, Cincinnati's only had one season where they finished top 10 in yards per attempt on the ground. Dallas being a run-first offense, you know, that's it is a little worse, you yeah. know. I don't know. Also, typically with his his um, offensive lines in Cincinnati is they're more of like a man-on-man, just hat-on-hat offensive line where Dallas has always been a zone-blocking team. I don't know if that's going to change, but, I mean, we'll – you know, time will tell. We'll, yeah. You know, we'll see. But definitely something to keep an eye on is is uh, as far as the offensive line goes. Um, with the news that McDaniel's looks like he's going to accept the position as head coach in Indy. Is it Indy? Yes. Um, he is taking Matt Eberflus with us or with him, uh, linebackers coach. That's a pretty big blow as well. I mean, he's obviously you got Sean Lee there. He's helped helped Lee out a lot. Uh, Anthony Hitchens. The big one being Jalen Smith. He's helped bring him along, so and that's that's a big loss. But 
Dallas as far as uh, defensive coaches. You got Eberflus gone. Joe Baker, defensive backs coach, he's gone. Uh, special teams, Rich Bisaccia, he's gone. Uh, he's going with uh, Gruden to Oakland. And then just about every position uh, coach on the offensive side, they're all being replaced. They're Jeez. all gone. So a lot of turnover, you know, minus obviously the coordinators, who I know a lot of people want gone. We'll see what happens. This might be one of those things where it's uh, something I heard was maybe maybe they're giving them just enough rope to hang themselves with as far as, okay, Scott Linehan, we are completely turning over your staff. So if you don't perform well this coming year, it's obviously it's on you. And then on the defensive side, you know, we'll see what happens with Marinelli. But some there's going to be a lot of coaching changes this year. Can I say that no matter what happens – I'm still jealous of your offensive line. <laughs> I the the players the players themselves. I mean, obviously the the three first round picks, and then Lyle Collins, who would have been a first round pick. You know, they got him as an undrafted free agent. They are, I mean, all pro players. I think just the right coach and the right scheme, they'll get back on track. I I really hope that uh, Alexander is able to get these guys back to where they need to be. And I hope, as far as either in the draft or free agency, they address the left tack or the left guard position. I, uh, I I sensed earlier in the week that you were kind of sad that you guys didn't get Tom Cable. No, no, I'm okay. I'll, pa- I'll pass. <laughs> Come on, man! I can attest that they did. They, Dallas did bring in Cable for an interview. Um, obviously, it didn't go well because he didn't get hired. But yeah. Well, what they did is they asked and they said, "Hey, Tom." Uh, what were your responsibilities up there in Seattle? And Tom said, well, I was in charge of the offensive line and the, the running game. And they said, oh, how'd that go? And he walked out of the room. <laughs> uh, so I think he... Uh, I guess we won't call him back. <laughs> yeah. I uh, Yeah. So And the one coach that I forgot to mention was um, Derek Dooley, wide receivers coach. So he took the head, co- head, head coaching position at uh, Missouri. So he's going back to college. I feel like you guys are having more uh there no coaching turnover than all just about insane. all of the coordinators except for the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator are all all gone did all they, being replaced did they keep this year's water boys i don't know hmm we'll see we'll have to dig into that a little deeper <laughs> but other than that wasn't really a whole lot no you know nothing big besides just the coaching but we'll see what happens next week I find it interesting when, I mean, this weekend we had, you know, eight teams and some of these teams, including my own, making quick rash decisions without maybe even, I mean, maybe they called and were told, no, I don't know, but you've got coaches that are going to be absolutely up for taking promotions, right? you know, and, and they're still in the playoffs, but some of these teams just don't want to wait. They're just, they're moving right along. But, and so you sit there and you kind of go, well, are they really the right guy? And then, I mean, like the coaches you just named off, I never heard of them. So, yeah, Alexander, Alex Allen, I never, I never heard of him. He's been there in Cincinnati forever. Um, actually, the but the I did forget to mention because after last week's show is when it came out. So, Will McClay, director of player personnel, he um, there was a lot of rumors going around that maybe he'd go to Houston. He went to school, uh, high school in Houston. He went to Rice. Um, he's a big part of kind of the, what would you say, smart drafting that Dallas has had the past six six years or so. I mean, a, a big, big part of that. Um, he's the basically the GM without being named the GM. And I'm pretty sure Dallas and the Joneses are paying him like a GM, but he's 
director of player personnel. Well, that don't make no sense. I thought Jerry was your GM. Oh, he is. <laughs> but uh, I tell you what. I tell you what. But no, uh, that that is huge for Dallas is to keep Will McClay. I mean, he from what we heard is he turned down the interview, didn't even give him a shot. Figured, you know, hometown had why not go there? But I guess Dallas is where he's staying. Are you were you expecting big splash? Like when it came to the names of the hires, were you? You see a lot of these fan bases, I live in one, where they're they're wanting these big name hires. Sometimes the as far as big game big names go, whether it be for coaching yeah. or players, Dallas really at least the last ten years, since Bill Parcells really, that was the last big name. They don't go after anybody big name. Hmm. Which to some fans as far as free agency goes and players it, a lot of them don't like that they never go after big names but i mean they got burned granted it maybe it was just a bad decision but you know roy williams the wide receiver i mean they gave the farm for him and he didn't he didn't produce at all yeah so they've been pretty gun shy the past 10 years or so about getting any big name free agents they'd rather either through the draft or just you know maybe taking someone who's not a big name and then hoping that maybe they can turn him into a big name, that kind of thing. All right. That everything going on down there? So far. No. It's only Tuesday. It's an early, early – it's early in the week, and it's still very early in the off season. that's for sure. Let's bring it back up to Washington. Brian, anything going on with Seattle? No. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. Um, all right. So a very interesting thing happened. So last week, we had we did a great podcast. It was a great show. It was, was would you say it was buttery smooth? It was buttery smooth. I haven't heard that. We got to get yet. that on a t-shirt. Just a nice logo with like some melted butter, and it just says buttery smooth, and then it's got our faces on the back. Dennis in Ohio, I expect you to buy a whole case of those shirts, and spread them around because that's your favorite saying. The buttery, buttery smooth. <laughs> so we we got done recording. Uh, I edited the whole thing, and I, w- I don't have to do too much editing because you know why buttery smooth buttery smooth so we i i got i've been staying off twitter i hadn't looked i hadn't done anything and i posted the podcast and it takes a little bit for it to upload and while it's uploading it's one o'clock in the morning and i pull up this is one o'clock in the morning on so it would have been wednesday morning Mm -hmm. pull up twitter let's just see what's going on on twitter (laughs) and about 11 30 p.m there was some seahawk news they hit twitter News that I had been waiting for forever. What was that news, Brian? There was some news. So, my all-time favorite coach. Love the guy. Uh, Daryl Bevel was let go as offensive coordinator Wednesday morning. And let's let's start let, before I go into like the whole thing. Let's start let's start here. So, where's here? Here is we got to remember a couple things. Bevel was here, and this goes for Tom Cable too, who they also let go. But I'll get into that in a second. Bevel and Cable were both here when the Seahawks won Super Bowl 48. Mm-hmm. They were both here when the Seahawks went back to Super Bowl 49. And yes, Super Bowl 49, at the end, we still have nightmares as Seahawks fans about that. <laughs> but Bevel didn't make that call. Pete Carroll made that call. Bevel's just the one that took the call from Pete, relayed it to Russell. Rest is history. So these two coaches were here when we were at the height of this era so we have to remember that and the one thing that i did notice is you know bevel at one time did have like what the top a top three offense number one offense sure was it 20 2013 or 2014 yes. 
Yeah, and even 2015, that was a really good year offensively for the most part, but your Lynch was hurt, mm-hmm. and you, you just started seeing the decline. And the other thing I want to remember and just remind everybody that, and this is, this is hard sometimes because these are coaches that are making lots and lots of money to coach football. And sometimes you forget that they also have families, and nobody likes to get fired. I don't like to get fired. You like to get fired? I don't like to get fired. Nobody likes to get fired. So even though these guys are both going to find jobs real quick, Cable already found a job. So Cable company? Yeah. <laughs> He's a repairman. <laughs> so these guys are both going to be fine, but they do have families. And so you have to remember that and, and take a step back and go, okay, I get, you know, nobody likes to get that news. At the same time, this was something that absolutely needed to happen. Pete Carroll was in a spot where I look at it like this. Had he not made the move, you would have been then saying to the players, okay, we're going to keep all our coaches. That means that all the problems that we're having are absolutely 100% your fault. Yep. Kind of like I was saying with Dallas and yep. their offensive coordinator. Yep. Replacing all of his staff. And you can't, everything that's going on in the Seattle locker room right now with all the drama and everything else, you can't have that mentality going forward if you want a culture change, which is desperately needed you had to make this move you had to make the change and it's hard for pete pete is loyal to his coaches he's only fired one offensive coordinator his entire time in seattle jeremy bates guy only got one year and then that's when bevel took over is 2011 so this wasn't an easy move for him to make but he absolutely had to do it i think that bevel had reached his ceiling with russell wilson i don't believe that russell is at his ceiling but his i don't think he is either. no but I think he's definitely in a, in a spot with Bevel that, you know, sometimes you can't get to where you need to go completely with the guy you started out with. You need somebody else to step in, take over, take you that next step. And I just don't think Bevel was that guy. Um, and this will be really, really interesting going forward as to how the players respond because either it'll mean big things and they'll improve or it could be a step backwards and ruin the morale going on even more because you got players like Doug Baldwin that was at the end of the season saying, oh, this isn't Bevel's fault. None of this is Bevel's fault. This is players who don't execute what they're supposed to do. Yeah. So part of me was super excited and almost giddy because I'm a I'm a hashtag fire Bevel supporter. Have been for <laughs> quite some time. The, the thing with actually both teams in these moves, I mean, obviously a coordinator like Bevel, you know, being gone, that's a lot that's a much bigger difference than just uh, the coaching staff you know quarterbacks coach all that business but still i wonder how much that'll change as far as the draft goes maybe who's got what kind of say or maybe i don't i don't know it's just gonna be really interesting to see how these two teams draft they do draft one spot you know seattle's 18 dallas is 19 it's gonna be interesting to see we're literally gonna just gonna take everybody that you want <laughs> no now, you won't Dallas should be getting this guy. Seattle swoops in and says, no, we're taking him. Vita Ve, please. <laughs> Vea. Vita Vea. Um, so Cable got fired later in the day. The rumor was that Cable was actually, as soon as Bevel was gone, everyone was waiting. Where's What's going on with Cable? Because as as much support as the fire Bevel campaign And he had, was an assistant head coach, too, Yes, right? he was. Yeah, Cable. And so fire bevel had a ton of support there were also a lot of sneaky fire cable fans 
that also wanted him gone. And I get it. If you are in charge of the running game and in charge of the offensive line and the biggest weaknesses on the team are the running game and the offensive line, Bye-bye. you got to go. I did did notice you had a little bit to say about in their you know, little posts that the team puts out that both Cable and Bevel didn't say – you know, thank the fans, which Seattle is known for. Did you find that kind of? I found it extremely odd. Seahawks put out their statement thanking both of them for their, you know, everything they'd done. Like I said, they helped the Seahawks get their first championship, and then Bevel put out a, his little post, and it was a thank you, and he thanked the organization, the players, the coaches, everybody. Left out the twelves, and yes, I said the twelves because that's who we are. Texas A and M, but uh, Seattle no, will pay Tex- for it. Texas A&M is a 12th man. We're no longer the 12th man. We stopped that. We're the 12s. We, we evolved. I'm, I'm that, I now know that. No, oh, I learned you something. <laughs> so, and I know Bevel, you can't not hear the criticism. I'm sure he did. All you have to do is go on Twitter after a game, and it was hashtag fire Bevel all over the place. Um, and then Cable came out with his statement. Same thing. No thanking the fans. So I understand, like, yes, I wanted them both gone, but... And I don't want them to thank me, but there are plenty of fans that supported them and actually said they got to stay. It's not Bevel's fault. It's not Cable's fault. But no thank you from them. Weird. I don't like it. So um, they've already apparently hired a new offensive coordinator in Brian Schottenheimer, which is an interesting hire. Is he related to the other Marty Schottenheimer? Marty, yes, he is. And uh, Brian is the former Colts quarterback coach. Uh, he coached the Rams and the Jets, offensive coordinator for the Georgia Bulldogs at one time. Ooh. Fancy. Um, but he was the offensive coordinator for the Jets when they made back-to-back AFC championships with uh, Mark, Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. So isn't he famous for the butt fumble? Yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> is that my new offense? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but what I was reading today was really interesting. When you think of Schottenheimer, you're not supposed to think of Sanchez. You're actually supposed to think of Drew Brees. And this could be why they decided to bring him on. So Schottenheimer was in San Diego mm. during Brees' first four years in the league. I can't I forget that Isn't he that was crazy? in the league for four years with before San Diego. Before he even gets to New Orleans. Before he even got hurt. I mean that and that yep. watching the replays of that shoulder injury. Brees that, played that nasty. Brees played two years in San Diego while Phillip Rivers sat on the bench. Yeah. You forget those things. But Breeze and Wilson get compared a lot because they're both short quarterbacks and their mm-hmm. style of play is pretty similar. So you're supposed to think of that. Um, but the thing that kind of makes me go, eh, when he was with the Jets, which is where you know he's got the most success in how far they made it, his offenses those two years were no better than 11th. Yeah. And but they were. But if I remember, they had a pretty balanced offense. They had a good running game. They had a good, a decent passing game. Yeah, but you're still 11th in the league. Well, at least it's not, I want to be the best. At least it's not thirty first. Well, they were twentieth or worse four times. Okay, I, I'm not. I'm not completely sold on the hire. It almost feels like a Pete Carroll impulse move, in that I got to hire somebody and they grab it. There's still like we talked about with the Cowboys. There, I mean, there's there's bigger names out there, but I, who am I to say? We'll the, see fan, what the fans don't get to make these decisions. So they also hired Ken Norton Jr. today as the new defensive coordinator, which is. Weird because they haven't officially announced that Chris Richard has been fired <laughs> as the current defensive coordinator, even though they told yeah, him. Yeah, he might be sitting there going, um, well, they, hey they, guys. they literally told him because he was interviewing for the Colts job and they literally told him, listen, so um, any interview that comes your way, you probably should take it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to support you in whatever decision you make, 
but that decision needs to be elsewhere. <laughs> so take thank the, you. Take the interviews. Please go. And then Mike Solari, I think is how you say it. That's the new offensive line coach. Uh, it's too early to tell. I haven't even researched him, done anything about him. But my coaching staff is changing as well. And rumor has it I'm going to get a new quarterbacks coach, although that could end up being just Schottenheimer. I don't know. So um, it's I guess it's just a coaching. The coaching carousel is up and running is what's happening right now. And then one last quick note. This was this. I know I'm supposed to only do one news story, and you can – yell at me if you want but this is richard is this allowed yeah richard can i Oh, he's nodding okay oh i just uh, real quick so uh cliff averill had an interview with nfl network oh yeah i did see this and he said he is not ready to call it quits we will talk about it more as more details come out and i actually get to watch the interview but of the two players cliff averill and cam chancellor both had the same stinger injury Mm -hmm. cliff was the one that we all figured he's definitely done for good he's older too yeah and just the extent the the damage from his Everyone thought he's definitely done. Cam probably has a chance of coming back. Cam Chancellor, for those of you who don't know. Um, but Averill, he said he's not ready to quit. He wants to prove he can come back from this type of injury. Thanks for accidentally ruining uh, Tony Romo's career there, Cliff. <laughs> but anyways. Tony is so great in the broadcast booth. He is. He's fantastic. All right. So we're going to move on, I think. Should we move on? Let's move on. All right, so the offseason is super long. Takes forever, especially when your team is out of the playoffs. We got a lot to try to dig up and talk about. Right, and we have we don't want to the it's pod- not even February, right? We don't want the podcast to stop. We don't want to take a break. We might take breaks here and there. But we don't want to like say okay, well we'll see you guys again in, in you know, September. Yeah. We don't want to do that. So we're, we're going to try and come up with different topics to speak on and that have to do with the Cowboys and the Seahawks and our, you know, podcasts as we get in the off season i'll probably be pretty short and we'll talk about it you know a little bit later but if anyone has any questions if anybody's following at common ground fbp on twitter and on facebook common ground football podcast send us questions you know we'll go from there because we'll need the content so please contribute <laughs> be a part of our show be a part of our show interact we love it richard you okay with that oh he's, he's nodding that's an obscene gesture <laughs> wow I think he's saying move on. So um, our teams versus the offseason is kind of a little uh, series we're going to do as we move on. Part one, we're just going to real quickly talk about a word to describe this your season and then one game, if you could have it back, make it a win, what would it be? So we're going to start with Andrew. Give me one word to describe the Cowboys 2017 season. Hmm. So I know even though Dallas, you know, obviously didn't make the playoffs, finished the year nine and seven. What? Had big expectations after thirteen and three last year. Um I know there's a lot of just expectations. They were really high, but I think the word that I'm actually gonna go on the other side. I think the word is growth. And we'll start with that with you know, you had Zeke out for six games. So obviously Dak had to re just kind of reassess and relearn to how to play the quarterback position in the NFL. I think he's going to be perfectly fine. I don't have any worries about Dak at all. I don't either. I I think super talented. In the long run, those missing six games with you know basically a well he is an all pro running back behind you. That'll help him in the long run. I think he'll be okay. But also you had 
this year at least you had the whole secondary turned over yep. minus um, um, Byron Jones and Orlando Skandrick. You had a bunch of rookies out there. You had you know Jordan Lewis and Xavier Woods and Marquez White, um, Chidobe Awuzie, and I think all of this in this season, a lot of it is just growth. The fruits will be had next year, you know, and the year after. I mean, I I really think that this year was just obviously no playoffs and further no championship. I that's okay. Let's get back to get back to basics as far as just the core of this team and where it could go in the next, you know, three, four years or so. So I, for one word, I, I'm just going to say growth. I think that's the big part. I like that. I think that I, your quarterback is super talented. I, he's nothing about this season should actually, for the games I watched and the highlights I watched and the stats I read, nothing should actually, to me, freak any Cowboys fans out. Well, and you know, it's the crazy thing is, you know, last year obviously he had he had a, an ungodly year. He didn't have a bad year this year. You know, he was decent, but just the the bar well, was you, set so high last year. And you are what your record is. So, yeah. and to the to the national yeah, fan base. Yeah, exactly. So, even as a Cowboys fan yourself, you're sitting there going, "Hey, it really and honestly wasn't that bad." The national audience myself were like, "Oh, well, Sophomore uh-huh. slump. Yeah, sophomore slump. You didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> but no. he didn't have Zeke. That's his, like you, that you've said before in previous episodes, that's his best buddy. Mm-hmm. And their offense is better when those two are playing. And I am I think that's a great word. They'll, they'll, and I mean, and they'll be okay. And then not only on the field stuff, but off the field, you had, you know, obviously Zeke. I think he did a lot of growing this year. Yeah. I think he'll... And we'll see this offseason because he's got to stay out of trouble. Yeah, I think, and I think he has and will grow more as a person you had des this year kind of you know he was having a down year and then it finally came out after the season was over that there was a lot of things that were bothering him you know personal issues i think he's going to be doing a lot of growing in the off season and that kind of thing so yeah i know it sucks as a cowboys fan we didn't make the playoffs obviously everyone always expects the cowboys to be in the playoffs and be great and i don't (laughs) they (laughs) You know, it is a great organization, but in the last twenty some years it hasn't been. And they'll get they'll get back to that. And I know that every year it's always okay, it's gonna be this year, it's gonna be this year, it's gonna be this year. But with the core that they have with Tyron Smith and Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and Dez, and then in the uh on the defensive side you got Sean Lee and Jalen Smith and now these rookies this year at least, Jordan Lewis and Chidobe Wuzier, it that's a really good core. And it's going to be a lot to build on, you know, obviously the offensive line that's second to none, but as far as the players go, but just, they'll, it, they'll be okay. Think about it this way. This should make every fan base out there. Most of you anyway, be able to sleep at night. It's a new year next season. Anything can happen. Unless you're the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Hot take. That is a hot take. Well, I mean, just look at it with Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville nowhere. was terrible the past, well, since 99, really. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, they their, just, they look their defense like a very good team. Yeah. So it, anything could happen. I Don't be scared. Oh, I'm not scared. Good. I'm ready for the season to start. I know, right? It starts tomorrow, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like, like right around the corner. 
the training camp starts like yeah, I got the draft and then training camp oh, and then job. mini camp and then then it's the off season and should then have our own live everything. draft special. We should. That'd be fun. With lots of beer. I'm down for that. This beer is yummy. But Brian, one word for Seattle. There are so many words I could use. Um, hopefully none of them are four letter words. <laughs> um, well, this is a clean podcast because there are some choice four letter words I would love to use and did use during the season many times. If I could go with one word, I'm actually going to go with frustrating. Super- I could say the same for Dallas too, but that's But I like yours. Time. You went more positive. I'm going to be a negative Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> and I went with frustrating. In training camp, it was said that this team, everything felt like it did leading up to our Super Bowl win. And you couldn't help but get excited about everything. Well, the offense finally figured out. Well, Jimmy Graham figured out everything. It was just, this is going to be another year. We're going back. You had Rawls that looked good. Yeah. You had Eddie Lacy, who obviously, well, I was, at the I, time. to be honest, I, I never had high hopes <laughs> for Eddie Lacy. None. Okay. Frustrated. <laughs> frustrated. In fact, he was super frustrating. <laughs> but I use the word because then when the season ends and you look back at everything and you go, God. This is just a bad year, and but there were so many things about it. I've never – I get frustrated during games all the time. I tweet. If you follow me on Twitter, which I hope you, all of you do, during football season is a little crazy because I do. I get super frustrated. And when the team doesn't perform well, I get even more frustrated. So everything that could go wrong seemed to go wrong. And some of them were frustrated over the injuries. That's What can you do about that? It happens. You can't. But it was a crazy injury season. So you can be frustrated about that. You can be frustrated about the offensive scheme. You can be frustrated about the defensive scheme. You can be frustrated about Pete Carroll's coaching decisions. Russell Wilson regressing a little bit, in my opinion. Your kicker. <laughs> you can be overly frustrated with Blair Walsh. He's no longer my kicker. Thank you very much. <laughs> but just as a whole, just the whole entire season was nothing but frustrating because nothing could seem to go right and even the games when you beat up on the eagles and you have these glimpses of hope that you know you win against the texans in a high scoring game you're like the offense has it figured out no they don't blake bortles brings you back down yeah blake freaking bortles brings us back down so that that's definitely my word and i hope to be so much less frustrated next season because <laughs> this was brutal so back to the cowboys if you could go through all 16 games and pick one of them that you could change to a win what would that game be and why what would have what would it have changed if i could have taken a w a w i'd say if we could have had the win in atlanta that would have completely changed the course of what happened we had zeke's first game suspended against atlanta tyron smith missed that game and it everything fell apart Adrian Claiborne, who, I mean, let's be honest, he's not DeMarcus Ware. He's not. He's not? He No, he's not. Oh. He's not, uh, you know, uh, Calais Campbell. He is not. You get my drift. He had, I want to say, like six sacks on the left side against Chaz, Chaz Green, who's uh, the backup for Tyron Smith, and just wrecked the game. Atlanta as a whole, I think, had eight sacks. I think Dak got sacked eight times. 
if everything would have not happened like that, and if Seattle or and if Dallas would have beaten Atlanta, total different trajectory. Because at the end, it didn't even matter that um, you know Carolina and Atlanta and all that business went on. It didn't even matter. And Brian's laughing right now, and I have an idea why. If if Dallas could have had that Atlanta game, then everything would have changed. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and this is how you know it's genuine. And the, yeah, this is exactly how you know that we we do a lot of show prep. <laughs> But we did not like, okay, well, what you're, what game are you going to pick? <laughs> I'll ask you, Brian. Yes, please one, do. One game in the 2017 season, what could you have had back? Can I just copy and paste what you just said? Sure. <laughs> is, this, is this like a We're computer? already at an hour. Is this like a computer program where I can just copy and paste? It's hilarious. I thought for sure you'd pick like Seattle. And, and, no, another <laughs> a, a close just one is... Funny. No, another close one is, is L.A., because Dallas actually had the lead in that game, uh, you know, a big a big lead. Rams? Yeah. And then uh, I'm not going to blame the loss on Ryan Switzer whatsoever, but once he fumbled the punt, then just the momentum kind of shifted. Kind of sounds like you're blaming him. No, I'm not blaming okay. him. That's just what everyone wants to say. But it's just at that point, then the defense kind of fell apart. Anyways, I said, LA one, is, I said one game. <laughs> LA is not the game. Atlanta, that's the game I want back. Well, on the Seahawks side, there were so many games that were so close. And that so many. So many tremendous games. They were super close. And you, you had week three at the Titans. Or not at Titans, but week three versus Tennessee. Week nine, Redskins. Week 11, Falcons. Week 14, the Jaguars. Blake freaking Bortles. <laughs> Keeps week, coming back. And even week 17, Cardinals. So many games that were super close that could have nest they could have changed things had they gone the other way but it's hilarious because i i too am going with the falcons (laughs) week 11 the falcons um that was a a blair walsh moment should we say (laughs) he missed the 52 yard field goal to tie it russell wilson looked like he was going to have another one of his amazing fourth quarter comebacks and blair stupid walsh ruined it you had Mike Davis. That was his um, his debut, and your he he took off, and you thought, oh, maybe we found our guy, and then the curse of the injury hit him as well, <laughs> and he was out. So I look at that game, and I go same reason you do. If you look at the playoff scenarios and how they all worked out, mm-hmm. had we beaten Atlanta, it would have changed everything. And this end of the year waiting depending on other teams and everything else, that tiebreaker hurt the Seahawks so bad. Mm-hmm. Not that I, I look back now and I go, oh, I'm glad we didn't make the playoffs. I don't want to go to the playoffs. Yeah. Good God. But still it would have changed so many. And so that's the one game that I just look back on and I cringe. And when you see the path that Atlanta w- was on, you know, facing LA yep, and then going to Philly and then, you know, obviously onto the NFC title game but i mean those aren't world beater teams no and i mean obviously atlanta fell flat in philly but you know to dallas's advantage they play philly twice a year and know them and have beat them three times before so it sucks so atlanta we both hate atlanta we both are not falcon fans right now how about that see there's more in common than we really give credit for almost like there's some what would you say a lot of common ground 
Oh, you like that? I like that. Yeah. And that's kind of why we did this. It's interesting. It's weird. The season's not done. We got some playoff games to real quickly preview right now. Richard, could you, uh, it's getting hot. <laughs> can you turn the lights what? down? Can you dim them a bit? I mean, wow. Oh, that's better. We look good, though. Tell you what. Okay. Championship weekend. <laughs> <laughs> not even going to, not even going to comment. Not even going to, yeah. Championship weekend. On the AFC side, we got Jacksonville going up to Foxborough. going to play New England up there. Tough one. What do you think about this game? Tough one. Yeah, that's pretty much what I think. It's going to be a tough one. I don't want to just say that New England's going to stomp all over them. I, I, don't, I don't think that's possible. No, Jacksonville, does, they, I mean, they have a very good defense. So I expect that to be a lot better than you know the Jacksonville-Pittsburgh game as far as it's not going to be 45-42. New England has weaknesses this season. They're not the New England that we're used to just dominating. They actually just, I mean, they played Tennessee. Woohoo. Well, new, I mean, and like we said earlier, New England, they just always, they look so smooth and everything. Not buttery smooth, but they look smooth. But they haven't been as scary since no. they had Randy Moss and just destroyed everybody. Well, even if you look back to last season, this season, they've had some defensive troubles. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at some of their losses and you go, Gah. Why are they losing those games? I, I wouldn't be, if I was New England, I would not be super confident in thinking you've got this wrapped up because you don't. Jacksonville, I, you got Blake Portals. Yeah, they're <laughs> <laughs> Blake. And you have Bortles. Jacksonville's defense. Oh, yeah, you got those tests too. But Blake, freaking Bortles. He's really good at managing a game. Yeah, he, he's won more playoff games than, uh, than uh, well, before he had, before Sunday he had won more games than Tom Brady. But You know yeah. that he has won more NFL games than LeBron James. <laughs> So there's that's that. a fact. That is a hot take. So there's, <laughs> I he's really good at handing the ball off too. He can hand the ball off, score touchdowns. As long as Fournette is healthy, I know he he, he went got out. Little, he got a little banged up. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I think that I look forward to that game being much more entertaining than New England's Tennessee game for sure. The next one, NFC Championship, Minnesota goes to Philly. We'll do the game picks later, but we know who he's going to pick. Minnesota. Weird. <laughs> Hashtag skull. Yes. Yes. Nick Foles, Case Keenum. <laughs> one of those two guys. <laughs> I can't. It's really hard to wrap my brain around it, but one of those two guys is going to be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> sure are. <laughs> wow. No, I, I. as far as um, as that one goes, Foles, you know, he played decent. He didn't play great by any means, but he played decent. I think that um, he's going to have a lot tougher challenge going up against Minnesota, much like Brady is, you know, going against Jacksonville. But Minnesota, you know, they have a very good defense. And like I said earlier, probably one of the fastest defense in, defenses in the league. If Philly's at home, you know, they got the home field advantage, but we'll see. That's going to, I think that's going to be a better game. I think you'd be surprised, though. I mean, it, I I could see why you'd think that, but God, I love watching Tom Brady lose. <laughs> so even if it's a just a crappy game, if at the end result is Tom Brady not getting to go to the Super Bowl, I'm okay with that. I'll find that game fantastic. So, And I would just like to see the Minnesota storyline continue, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. I think that you have Minnesota's defense. You said it. They're almost – I mean, they're scarier – then well definitely scarier than new orleans was oh, yeah. and 
You know, you got, I think that put them next to Jacksonville. Those are your two best defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. So, well, and I think besides New England, I think uh, Philly, Minnesota, and Jacksonville, I think they're all in the top five, top four defenses. So, And no matter how we know Nick Foles can perform, he, he's not, oh, he could go out there and just be terrible, but he could also go out there and play a really good game. I just don't, it, it'll be weird. It'll be interesting to see how that team can do as a whole backup quarterback. There's a lot of pressure on them. They're the one seed. I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, what's next? Oh, that's right. Richard just reminded me. We got uh, one more segment. One more segment. And it's uh, we're going to kind of take a little detour we're gonna get deep on you guys we're gonna get a little uh richard you got any music no come on richard he's just saying go just just talk dropping the ball anyway something came up yesterday he had that amazing game in minnesota an amazing finish fans are going nuts emotions are high emotions are high yeah i i'm i'm online you and i are texting and i'm 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 watching the just si- the, that that sideline video, mm-hmm, the sideline how video, how loud it was in there, all the fan reactions oh. from at home or in bars or just wherever. And I'm not kidding you; I'm tearing up a bit. Like I'm, it reminded me so much of 2013 season. It was January 2014. Watching all the stuff happening to the Seahawks in their in their Super Bowl run. I don't know what that's like. Yeah, you'll get there, buddy. Don't worry. <laughs> and. It just made me think about how basically reminded me of why I love sports and how they can be an escape from the craziness of our everyday lives. And it's not just you're sitting in front of a TV or at an event watching somebody do something with a ball, but you're actually mentally and emotionally engaged in it. You've committed to a team. And when the good things happen or even when the bad things happen, mm-hmm. what it does to you emotionally is crazy. I'm watching fan reaction videos for a team that I don't care about. I don't give a crap about the Vikings. <laughs> They're not my team at all, but watching some of these guys in their living rooms. Yeah. Just freaking, freaking out. out. Oh my God. And you can't help, but I remember that feeling and I got, emotional for them when you remember it back to back years you remember when you won by destroying denver and then you and then losing i got yeah you got oh it's and it was heartbreaking yeah i didn't even want to go to work i didn't go to work the next day i stayed home (laughs) i'm calling in i i could not do it i was too emotionally destroyed it just it drains you, and that, but, and but it's but there's good ways too. Like and that's why oh. I, I love sports, and it's and like I was telling you, it's so it's so fun to sit, you know, go on YouTube, just look up greatest sports moments, and just sit and watch, you know, the joy, well, and the heartbreak, but just the joy, and just getting caught up in that moment. It's so much fun to watch, and you know, and the same here, you know, I'll get you know a little dusty eyed watching stuff like that especially i swear we're big tough men <laughs> <laughs> it's just it, what sports does to you and, and I, what is it about sports that does that just tugs at your heartstrings 
I'm not sure what it is. And you can't say, well, it's a guy thing because there's, I mean, I watched plenty of videos last night where there are plenty of women that were getting just an, as emotional and everything else. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought about that for a while, like trying to figure out what it is. And I'm, I'm not really sure. I think so for me, like I know this is a football podcast, but baseball is my first love. Mm-hmm. And my dad and I were texting back and forth last night about the same subject. And he, 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 before I could even type it out, he said the exact same thing. He reminded me that there's a Seattle Mariners call from the 95 playoffs, the double. Oh yeah. Every time I hear Dave Niehaus make that call, rest in peace, Dave. Every time I hear it, I cry and I don't care. You can judge me all you want people, but that right there, I was a kid. It is my, it was my first playoff experience for any of my teams Mm -hmm. and to this day it just makes me cry oh yeah no that was a great call too i yeah i remember that one yeah and i just and even you know and for me even if it is a recent one it doesn't matter it still sticks in my head and it still gives me you know goosebumps all over but just last year you know dallas pittsburgh is a great game zeke runs right up to the middle walk i mean much like Diggs in minnesota right up right up the middle walk off game ending touchdown hearing you know and obviously i know see a lot of seattle fans hate joe buck but whatever hearing him make that call it just you know it's just it's so weird how that works well and then you have stories like you were, you brought it up what was the lady's name in the stands millie also millie, millie the vikings fan yeah. so you got you know grandma millie who and social this is why social media is an awesome thing you know, a fan put this out there saying their grandma is a hundred years old. She's been a Vikings fan since they were, um, since they became in the league, which I think was 60 or 61. She's always been a fan. And, uh, Minnesota actually sent her tickets and she was right there in front and got to watch that, you know, live and got to experience that. And seeing, you know, it doesn't matter if you're five years old or if you're a hundred years old or even older, I mean, sports is, I mean, it's everybody. My grandfather, who's in his 90s, guy taught me how to golf. Um, him and my grandma, they did, you know, they were Mariners, not season ticket holders, but they'd go to like 16 games a year. They were Seahawks season ticket holders. Mm-hmm. And they went all the way up until they just couldn't do it anymore. And to this day, I never get to see my grandpa light up as much as when he's watching Either the Mariners do something mm-hmm. great, the Seahawks do something great. Even if it's, you know, we don't have a local favorite in golf, really, but a good golf finish, and his face lights up, and he gets excited about that. And uh, Well, and, and that's the other awesome thing is, so, you know, like you were saying, you don't have a local favorite or anything, even if it comes to the sport. Yep. Um, you know, Chelsea doesn't like baseball. And my wife, Chelsea, for those of you who don't know, she doesn't like baseball, but watching bottom of the ninth in the world series game seven and she's on the edge of her seat yeah and it's just it's so it's so awesome how you know what sports does i i wish i knew i wish i could pinpoint what it was but i don't think that matters i think that we know that it does it it's a cool experience there's a lot going on in the world right now we're never going to get into politics on the show we're never going to do any of that stuff that's for a different show for a different time (laughs) But we can all acknowledge the fact that we live in a very crazy world right now. 
And sports brings it all together and it's makes a, you yeah. helps you forget about everything. It's an escape. It's you, these NFL ratings may be dropping, but the the ratings for that game last night were over the top. They were oh, yeah. nuts. And it's all anybody could talk about today. No one's talking about the three other games. They're talking about that game and what it means to that fan base. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota fans, if we have any of you out there that are listening, congrats to you. Cherish that moment because even if it even if you keep going. Even let's say you win the Super Bowl, you cherish those too. But always remember the, <laughs> the 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 little games. This wasn't little, but I mean, go backwards a little bit. Cherish that moment because even though my Mariners never made it to the World Series in '95, they didn't make it to the World Series. And honestly, I couldn't tell you really like off the top of my head everything that happened exactly in the playoffs in '95 after that. But they beat New York in Game Five with that double, mm-hmm. and I will remember that till I'm done breathing on this earth. So cherish those moments. Congrats to you guys. I hope that my team, I hope that your team, and this is hard to say, I hope that your team, <laughs> I hope that your team brings you those moments. I think they will. Russell Wilson can't be around forever. So <laughs> Dak will have his time. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh just keep watching sports and sports s- are awesome. Stop complaining about all the did they stand, did they sit, all that stuff. Just enjoy the sport for what it is and agreed yes so you uh let's let's get ready to end this thing we're coming down to the wire here this is going to be our longest one yet down to the wire the wire <laughs> hey you know if we're going live on itunes why not make it a big show a that's the first one that's on there huge show huge it's gigantic best biggest, one yet best one tremendous all right so don't forget you can now hear us on tune in you can hear us on Stitcher. Stitcher. Nice. You can hear us on Google Play. You can use the Google Play to hear us on the Google Home devices if you have one of those. If you're cool like us and you have Alexa, you can hear it on Alexa via Stitcher or tune in if you can make that work. If you figure that out, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, just use Stitcher. Of course, you can hear us on the website, which is www.commongroundfootballpodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash commongroundfootballpodcast. Like our page. Yes. Send us a comment. Yes. Reviews, comments, suggestions. Do we have a suggestion box? Richard, get on that. He said, okay. I like Richard. We're on that there. Tweeter box. We're at Common Ground FBP. Andrew, you're on Twitter. Andrew Guzman, CGP. I am at Wenatchee Seattle Sports Fan, which is W E N S E A Sports Fan. Follow us. Again, same thing. Follow us there. Leave us comments interact right we want some some interaction we are hoping that i get the news any moment now that will be available on apple podcasts itunes whatever you want to call it the second we are we will announce it to all of you and that will be the big one we appreciate everybody's support so far you guys have been fantastic mom mom. yeah thank you mom thanks to andrew's mom (laughs) we love you guys but we're gonna need it so much more when we hit all the love yeah so much love after we hit apple podcasts and we'll as soon as we're out there we'll explain to you what we need but we do appreciate all the help thank you so much you ready to do some game picks game picks let's do some freaking game championship weekend is that what's happening that is happening are you is your team there it's no is yours (laughs) no that's a bummer that's a bummer man let's move on let's do some freaking game picks duh winning game picks time i'm excited i'm excited you're excited 
crap. We're both excited. Okay. Jacksonville, New England. Who you got? Jacksonville. I, too, am going to take Jacksonville. Screw you, Tom Brady. <laughs> Your reign is over. over. Bold over. prediction? For that game? Yeah. Um, that Jackson, Jacksonville's going to win. <laughs> that was going to be my bold prediction Isn't that pretty well. bold? Um, uh, Blake Bortles, he's going to do really, really well. And and um, I don't want to repeat last week and say he's going to throw four touchdowns because he won't. I'll just say Blake Bortles will have a fantastic game. Okay. He'll throw at least one touchdown. But when the game is over and Blake freaking Bortles is going to the Super Bowl, he's going to be the reason why. That's my bold prediction. Not their defense. Blake Bortles. See, I'm going to go on the defensive side. Ooh. I'm going to say bold, bold prediction. Hot take. Hot take. Um, Jalen Ramsey has two picks on Brady. Any of those pick sixes or just picks? You're going to be extra bold? No, I'm not that bold. We'll just go bold. I'm not extra bold. Spicy bold. (laughs) Ramsey will have two picks on Brady. I could very easily see that happen, and I would love it. Because, you know, once again, screw you, Tom Brady. So we have Jacksonville going to Super Bowl 52 in Minnesota. Let's go to the next game. So Minnesota at Philadelphia. Will Minnesota be the first team to go to a Super Bowl hosted in their stadium? And won't be the home team, technically. And technically will not be the home team. That's AFC is home team this year. That's weird. <laughs> Do we? I mean, this is a really easy pick for you. Minnesota. That is shocking. Philly, no. I just a Cowboys fan picking Minnesota against Philadelphia. Weird. Strange. Uh, after watching what I just watched, I too am going to pick Minnesota. I think that this journey is going to keep going for them. I think I, they ride the wave. So any bold predictions for that game? As a matter of fact, I do have a bold prediction for that game. Do you? Yes. Let's go with Mr. Case Keenum. Ooh. Let's keep riding the, the Case Keenum tsunami. More that's of those now case going. closed things. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Um, Case Keenum, let's say four TDs. Ooh. And not only is that, you know, that's a great game, but let's say I'm going to go with Case Keenum is the highest rated quarterback of the weekend. Of the entire weekend? Of the whole weekend. Wow. Bold. That is, that is beyond bold. I will say the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles. No, don't worry. You'll love this. The Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Will not. I like where it's going. Well, they won't win, but they also will not score any touchdowns. I like it. Maybe some field goals. A safety. Nick, that could happen. Yeah. But their offense um, and defense, Nick Foles is going to suck. <laughs> I, 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 I try and disagree. I know. I'm trying to <laughs> try it. The only thing they have is just Philly's at home. If they were at Minnesota, I don't think Philly would uh, would not have a chance at all. I think Minnesota, that defense, it doesn't matter. Too bad for you, Nick Foles. Got it. So we have Jacksonville and Minnesota as our Super Bowl predictions. <laughs> when you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, well, when we started this season, did anybody pick that? I I think I saw something that I think Jacksonville was 
uh, either 10,000 to one or thousand to one odds to make Super Bowl 52. Well, should have put some money. It should have, but you know, $10. 10. <laughs> we screwed up. I know. We didn't have this show though. No. And this show has helped so much. But this episode is over. Finished. Done. It was a good one, though. Be looking for the announcement on iTunes the second we get news. We are very excited. We're so excited. We will uh, we'll share it with you. And then... It's you up can share it with With everyone friends. you know. Everybody. The whole world. Yes. All right. We're done. Go Hawks. Go Cowboys. Go Cowboys.